Today's reading comes from Matthew chapter 25. We'll be starting in verse 14. Then Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven will be just like this. It is as if a man going on a journey summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To the one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, uh, to another just one, each according to his ability. Then the five talent, then the five who had received, then the one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed me five, and look, I made ten. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy servant. You have been trustworthy in a few things. Guess what? I'm going to put you in charge of many things. And the one with the two talents also came forward saying, Master, you handed me over two talents. See, I've made two more. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy servant. You have been trustworthy in just a few things, and now I'm going to put you in charge of many things. Then the one who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew that you are a harsh master. Reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, here's what you you gave me. But his master replied, you wicked and lazy slave. You knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. At least I would have got a return and some interest. So take that talent from the guy who just had one and give it to those who had produced more. For to all those who have, more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. Scripture gives us words of life that through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Lead us to the word of life. Let us listen for that word in this lesson. So I heard a story, uh, you know, I was listening to some podcast, that Arnold Schwarzenegger used to smile when he was in the gym. He was, you ever see these pictures? You can Google it, Smiling Schwarzenegger. He wrote a book called Total Recall, and he was speaking about his mindset, you know, giving all the helpful tools he's collected and how to be successful in life. And I've studied all kinds of things like this. I've been looking at people who've climbed the social ladder. And I'm finding that certain successful people in the world today, the ones who really work hard, not just to get to where they're at, but to maintain and thrive and continue to push their capabilities, they have a certain type of system, a certain type of mindset. They say it a little differently. But they're all saying the same thing. 
And I'm finding that what they're saying was always right in front of us in the scriptures. You see, God made us a certain way. Last semester, I started my psychoanalytic training, and I took this class called Growth and Development. I thought it was going to be an easy class at first because it started with us just looking at YouTube videos of babies. And you could do, if you're ever in a bad mood, just go look this up. Go look up Laughing Baby. You'll be in a great mood all day. But we were watching uh, different types of babies' reactions. Somebody just would record it and just over time just recorded these different babies' uh, reactions. You know, so there, we looked at happy babies, sad babies, scared babies, hungry babies, disgusted babies, all kinds of babies. And we were studying affect, these basic physical response, responses that we all have been born with. They're built in. Because we're so vulnerable when we're first born. You know, human beings are the, the only creature that needs so much care after they're born. You ever watch those videos of a gazelle getting born? Soon as they're born, the cheetah's chasing right after them. That can't, we can't do that. We need our mom and dad to watch over us. But these babies are so helpless, but God put a communication system in them that we would know. It, there's no words. It's all nonverbal. Do you believe in Jesus? If we believe in Jesus, here's the test. We will listen to what he teaches. He traveled so far. Jesus came from the heavens and he wanted to show us something. And he, he wanted us to understand this. Jesus told his disciples, I came so that you would have life eternal and have it to the full. This is a quote from Jesus. I came that you would have a better life than you have actually ever dreamed of. That's what Jesus says to his disciples. For so long we're just taught, oh, Jesus died for your sins. Maybe you thought, oh, I'll have a good life when I get to heaven. I always hear people, oh, when I get to heaven. Jesus is saying, right now, right in this very moment, the kingdom of heaven can come and be realized and lived out in this world. And we're gonna sh- I'm going to show you how to do that today. That would be great news, right? Guess what they call the book? Good news. So Jesus tells a parable. A parable is a story, and I always like to say parables are like pointing fingers. Right? Jesus tells you something, and what he's doing, what sometimes we get hooked on what, what he's pointing, what the finger and what Jesus wants us to do is see what he, what, he's, what he wants us to look at. Not just get hung up on the exact words. Jesus is trying, hey, there's a story in the story. And we're going to see that today. So Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven is just like this. And I'm going to use the message version because it's a little bit easier to follow along. In Matthew 25, Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who went off on an extended trip. And maybe he went to Maine or Vermont or Florida. He has a lot of money and a lot of responsibilities. So before he went on his trip, what did he do? He called his servants together and delegated responsibility. To one, he gave $5,000. To another, $2,000. 
and to a third, $1,000. Each according to, you know, how much they can handle. Then he left. Notice this affect. Notice the, the attitude of the servant as soon as the master left. Right off. Without delay, the first servant went to work and doubled his master's investment. The second did the same. But the man with the single thousand dug a hole and carefully buried his master's money. Now when the master came back from his long trip, maybe out of town, after a long absence, the master of those three servants came back and settled up with them. The one given $5,000 showed him how he had doubled his investment. His master commended him. Good work. You did your job well. From now on, I'm not calling you servant. You're going to be my partner. You've graduated. You got the promotion. The servant with the 2000 showed him also how he had doubled his master's money. And his master commended him. Good work. You did your job well. From now on, you'll be my partner. Remember when Jesus came out of the waters of baptism? What, what did he hear? Good job. Well done, faithful servant. You're my son now. You do God's work, you get a promotion. <laughs> the servant given 1,000 said, Master, I know you. I know guys like you. You have high standards and you hate careless ways. That you demand the best and make no allowances for error. Listen to this affect. Remember the, the other servants right off. With a good attitude they went. Listen to this. I was afraid that I might disappoint you. So I found a good hiding place. And I hid your money. I secured it. Here it is. Little dust on it, safe and sound, untouched, unused, down to the last cent. The master was furious. That is a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew I was after the best, then why did you do less than the least? The least you could have done would have been to invest my money with the bankers. At least I would have gotten some interest. And here's a major twist. Jesus is saying this. Take the thousand and give it to the one who risked the most. And get rid of this play it safe who won't even go out on a limb. Throw him into the darkness. For Jesus, Jesus sees something wrong with the world. That's why he came. Jesus came to teach us how to show us how to live this life. Jesus saw our need. You know, Ashley know a little bit. Ashley and I know a little bit about special needs kids. And we're always smiling in public. Everything's fine. But it's hard work. 
It's really hard to be that happy. (laughs) But special needs parents love their children and they will do whatever that child needs. And to God, all of us are special needs kids who need a lot of help. And so God sends therapists down from the kingdom of heaven. We call them prophets, priests, but they're therapists from the heavens. And they're here to show us a different way. We live in the best age ever. Despite all that's going on, we still live in the best time ever. But more people, even before the pandemic, more people are depressed, anxious, unhappy, nervous, afraid, just like that servant. So what does Jesus have for us today? He's going to show us how to be like those two servants that doubled the master's investment. Because if Jesus can show me that, then I'll call him Savior. Then he'll be my Messiah. Because Messiahs save, and they help, and they show you a different way. Did you know that Jesus wants you to live the best life right now? Not tomorrow, not when you die, right now, even with masks on? God wants that for us. Jesus wants us to know today the power of of enthusiasm. When I read the text today, I saw one servant who acted out of fear, and that led to him hiding the money that was given to him. Then I see two servants who, in the text who it says they went right off to investing. They had the right attitude. I imagine when they received their task, they took it with a certain type of enthusiasm. Sir, yes, sir, is what we would say in the military. Because you better not give that, your captain a look. Sir, yes, sir, with joy, with pleasure. It's probably similar to that kid who's waiting to play in the game. He's sitting there on the bench and all he wants to do is play. And once he gets called in, he runs out there. He's ready. Whenever that happened to me, I would run out so excited because this was my time to live. My time to show the work that I had been preparing I would give my all. I wasn't downcast when I got called in to play. I wasn't afraid because I'd been waiting for that opportunity. And I couldn't help but smile the whole time. I still do it when I'm playing. When we're born, we use all of these facial expressions. We laugh, we smile, we cry. And all of them are communicated even as a baby, right away. I wanted to play a game today, and I thought it would be easier because we all have face masks on. I wanted to show you the power of affect, the power of attitude. But we're going to reverse it. If you can, if you'd like, uh, if you would, clench your teeth. Like, just think about something that would get you to be frustrated and anger and, and, and get you to clench your teeth. It comes from this... You want to say something, but you're holding it back. So you go like this. And that creates an emotion within you. See, usually it's the other way around. Usually you feel that emotion, and then it pops up on your face. 
But I want to do this exercise to show you how powerful this is. Because once you do that, chemicals start getting released in your body. And you start behaving a certain way. You could do it with a sad face. You make a sad face. And you will start to feel a certain sadness occur within you. If you just let it linger. Make a determined face. Even that determined face helps you see even clearer. It's almost like it makes the sides go away and your focus clear. Make a frightened face. A hungry face. Now just smile. Just make a happy face. This is just a little demonstration on the chemical reactions that even our affect can cause throughout our whole body. Typically, we are letting the external world affect our emotions. We're emotional, we're emotionally reactionary. When we are when we are babies, our consciousness is still forming. It just reacts to the needs of the body. But as we get older, we become uh, people who try to be more in control. We're mature. But these basic primal feelings are still there. And I grew up, somebody taught me every sport in the world. We played baseball, soccer. I learned math. I learned how to read. I learned how to write. I learned other languages. But no class on how to handle my emotions. The most powerful drive in my body, which are my emotions, that can affect all of those things, not one lesson. Often, the teaching comes later in life when we have emotional problems. And Jesus is saying, let's get this under control right now. I'm going to show you how to have a good attitude. So we're going to look at this parable, and we're going to work backwards. And by looking at it backwards, we're going to see the model on how we should live. So in the story, let's all admit the last servant kind of got it hard here, right? Why does Jesus get upset with this guy? Cast him out into the darkness. Because he didn't invest. He didn't invest anything. Why didn't he invest? Why didn't he? Because he was afraid he would disappoint. He was afraid that he would disappoint the master. He thought he knew the master. And to him, the master gave him something and he was afraid. He doesn't see that the master actually trusts him with the money. But he's still afraid. So what's his posture towards life? Fear. Fear. Can you make a fearful expression? How does a fearful person walk around? They're scared. How do they interact socially? They're nervous. Even if good things are happening, like somebody giving you $1,000, they're still afraid. It's his attitude. Attitude. Affect. I was watching a show on TV about uh, people who had rare diseases. And you know what these kids were doing? It was, a, it was a show about kids and their families who are dealing with diseases that will kill them very quickly. Do you know what they were doing? They were fulfilling all of their dreams. You and I might look at them with pity, 
But these kids and these families were living as if they were the most blessed people on the earth. These kids, these families were smiling and it was hard. You could see the sadness. But they were trying. They were pushing. They didn't want to be fearful or afraid. They went the opposite way. They went the different way. And were positive, smiling the whole way through. They took nothing for granted. Nothing. Not a single thing. The show was called Two in a Million. I saw it like 10 years, 20 years ago. And I never forgot it. Ever. Because in the show they said this. It's like we hit the lottery. This ailment had lit a fire in their bellies for life. And it became the drive for them to pursue everything this world had to offer. I looked at my life differently ever since. I saw it in the scripture. I saw it in those babies. I saw it with smiling Arnold. And I see it today. Those two who had received the money from the master, they knew that this was an investment in them. That the master saw something in them worth investing in. And they took what was given to them and joyfully went right into action. Right off, quote, he went to work and doubled the master's investment. The fact that the master would consider them worthy of the investment boosted their confidence, gave them meaning, and they went off with a smile on their face. See, Jesus wants us to live this life now, not when we get to heaven. How you live this life determines if you make it to the next stage. I asked the youth group kids once about video games. I said, what happens if you skip levels? And Maya screamed out, oh, that's cheating. That's cheating. You don't get to skip levels. You're given life like those servants received money. And if you walk around with your head down, it will feel like your life is in a prison. Even though you've been given life, it'll feel like you've been given a sentence. I can tell you this. What Jesus is talking about, no medicine can cure. It can help. But Christ gave us this life. And do you want to bury it in the ground before you're buried in the ground? Do you see what Jesus is saying? You need to take this life and come out doubly rewarded. Because there's a great cost to get into heaven. I know how much it costs. I know the exact dollar amount. You guys ready? Yourself. You must lose yourself, Jesus says. That's the cost. That's how you get into heaven. Fear comes from this sense of self-preservation. You don't want to lose yourself. But when that first person took that money and invested, what happened to that money? It was gone, right? For a second he didn't have it. 
But they made sure they, they made sure they got a return on that money. It wasn't an option. You don't get a return like that unless you go all in. It was the same with the second person. They only threw in two, but that's what God gave them. And the last guy, he buried it in the ground. Killed it before it could have made double. Arnold went to the gym every day. He didn't go in sad. He didn't go in like it was a burden. They would find him pumping iron and smiling. And they said, Arnold, why are you smiling? (laughs) This hurts. And he goes, oh, you guys are thinking about working out. I'm not thinking about working out. I'm thinking about when I'm Mr. Universe. Can't get it out of my head. Every rep gets me closer to that point. And when people would leave the gym and he was the last one in there, he knew. I won. I got it. How can we live life like those first two? You just have to start smiling. See, I wanted to find a way to just put this into practice right away. You know when you wake up? Right there. That's the moment. That's the most important part of the day. Because every day, Paul says, every day we die. And every day we are born again. And with that affect of a good servant who's going to go out and make double with the life that God has given them, that's the attitude we're called to have. And all you need to do is just start with a simple smile. If we listen to these promises, you'll be born again, not later, now. You'll be born again right now. Born again as a new creation. And you know that new, the new creation God's making? They don't have fear. You don't want to get to heaven and be scared, right? There's no fear. No anxiety. No shame. You will be somebody who literally is the light. You will be grounded on all of this. And someone who is grounded is what Psalm 1 says is like a tree planted by streams of living water that in every season it doesn't worry because it knows where it gets its life from, the source. So at five years old, and my kids are nine, I'm teaching them positive attitude, positive mindset. I don't care what's going on. Don't let this world tell you how to behave. You're going to tell the world that it's got to be positive, that it's got to be strong, and it's got to move forward no matter what. At 41, I'm still putting this into practice. Maybe when I'm 50, I could be done. No. What about 55? Maybe. 65. At 65, leave me alone, right? I'm done. No. I knew somebody here in this church who did it for 103 years. And every time I saw this woman in this church or where she was staying, She was the one smiling the most. Her name was Grace. And she smiled, at least to me. I don't know her that well, but I've heard good things about her. And this woman was always smiling. I see a lot of you doing it. We have this power. And what Jesus is asking us to do is to, soon as we open our eyes, 
Let's, with a positive mindset, go out and make double with this life that God has given us.